0: Welcome to Streaming Into the Void, where we discuss all the streaming news for the week ending January 7th, 2023. This week, Warner Brothers can't afford to stream their own shows. I'm Kim Hollis, soon to be named to WWE's Board of
1: Directors. I mean, it could happen at this point. Anything's possible. <laughs> I really don't want to know what you had to do to get that job.
0: E. With me are Tim Brady, content creator and gamer, who has always spelled his name with a three. You just didn't know it.
2: I thought an unpronounceable last name just wasn't enough, so I decided to confuse everybody with the first name as well.
0: <laughs> Band slam did it. <laughs> also, David Mumpower, author of Behind the Ride, streaming media analyst, and someone who is finally ready to take his holiday break. Wait, what? I mean... You know, I did all the end-of-year writing, and I did the all-start-of-2023 writing, so I'm ready for my holiday now. <laughs> and the podcast is produced and edited by Raul Burial, who was up before 7 a.m. this morning to shovel some snow.
1: I'll be damned if I was going to let my dad deny me this opportunity, and now I never want to do that again.
3: <laughs> I think I last shoveled snow in, like, 1998.
0: <laughs> We're starting 2023 The Way We Ended 2022 on the Warner Brothers Discovery Death Watch. This week, Warner Brothers Looney Tunes and Flintstones cartoons were removed from HBO Max after the streamer's license expired. Wait, wait, what? No, no.
1: (laughs) Warner Brothers cartoons are no longer appearing on Warner Brothers streaming service. (laughs) Okay. that's a thing that happened. Yes, evidently, Warner Brothers premier streaming service has to license content from Warner Brothers Studio. Bro, what in God's name is going on here? Look, as absurd as it sounds, one division of the corporation has to pay to show content from another division of the corporation. And HBO Max has decided they're not going to pay for those seasons of Looney Tunes and the Flintstones. Mind you, it's not all of them. (laughs) Evidently, they were... They were licensing them in bundles, and certain seasons got licensed separately than others. And so you can catch some old Flintstones episodes. Not that, you know, presumably a lot of people were watching that. And you can watch some old Looney Tunes cartoons, but not all of them anymore. It's just so weird.
3: What I'm hearing from that is even Warner Brothers Discovery is telling Warner Brothers Discovery to f*** off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I wonder how much of this is infighting. All of it. It's simply the nature of a large corporation where every department has its own budget. And so they just have to justify their costs. This has echoes of the old worries about self-dealing. Like when David Duchovny sued Fox in 1999 over the X-Files reruns, claiming that News Corp was giving themselves a sweetheart deal. This was relevant at the time because Duchovny had an interest in a share of that revenue. He would earn residuals on any revenue the show made and so it was in his interest for the producers of the x-files to get the best highest price possible when licensing out those reruns, and instead, News Corp had licensed the reruns to themselves at a cut-rate deal. Those kinds of deals would be anathema in the streaming era when a studio wants to produce a movie or show and play it anywhere they like in perpetuity. That's why when Disney launched Disney+, Plus, Bob Iger made sure that residual deals became a thing of the past. Actors and crew get a bigger paycheck up front, but no share of the revenue after that, because... To factor in that revenue afterwards would be altogether too complicated, too confusing and would influence... Where the show ends up. When it comes to programs as old as reruns of Looney Tunes and the Flintstones from the 50s and 60s, residuals really aren't a factor. A studio should be able to mine every bit of content from their vaults and put them on their streaming service with the only cost being the digitizing of that content and the hosting of those digital files.
3: Yeah, that's not what's happening here. Let's be honest. What's happening is ass covering. You have a boss who is just absolutely insane. You have to cut costs. You have to cut costs, you have to cut costs. Well, the problem is when all your costs are coming from the same two departments, each department head is going to be like, no, that should come out of your budget. No, that should come out of your budget. You've created a civil war. It's territorial pissing where everybody has to say, no, 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 that's not fair to our side. They are creating infighting, which by the way, comes with the expense that you're having to waste time internally on this waste of resources. It is just infuriating and just goes to show how much mistakes tend to propagate. It comes from the top down. When you have incompetent leadership at the top, you have issues like this.
1: That is exactly it, David, because here HBO Max can say, we have reduced our overhead by not having to pay for these licensed shows, never mind the fact that they are licensed shows from their own company. On the other hand, Warner Brothers Studio, which owns the license to these cartoons, are saying, oh no, we have lost revenue because we were licensing these shows. And now the streamer we were licensing them to don't want them anymore. And so we have less money. They're the losers here. But then what happens is that Warner Brothers Studio is going to go to another streamer, Pluto, Netflix, Peacock, and say, hey, do you want seasons five and six of The Flintstones? It's as stupid as that. You're going to end up in a scenario where if you really wanted to watch all the episodes of The Flintstones, you're going to have to watch them across multiple streaming services. It's absurd. They're doing it all wrong. They continue to operate. Like a 20th century company a quarter of the way into the 21st century. It's frustrating to see them continue to falter like this.
3: Let's not miss the obvious here either. Warner Brothers Discovery has just lost itself as a customer. That's how messed up they are.
1: Yeah. It's silly to be arguing about the Flintstones and Looney Tunes cartoons, but this is just demonstrative of just how messed up that company is right now it's just so tragic
0: all i know is i can't watch what's opera doc on hbo max anymore and that is annoying morons in our rapid fire this week lions gates stars streaming channel is taking a page from warner brothers discovery pulling canceled series from their service oh god (laughs) among them step up based on the movies of the same name becoming elizabeth which premiered in june and dangerous liaisons which premiered on the service just in november all right folks from now on we're
3: calling this zazloving and i cannot believe it's (laughs) going to be a thing
1: (laughs) they had actually greenlit a second season of dangerous liaisons and then walked it back Oh, yeah. (laughs) Warner Bros. Discovery shouldn't be the company you're emulating, but Stars is in a pretty difficult financial situation right now, so I'm not surprised that they're doing a lot of the same things that Warner Bros. Discovery did. It's weird and unfortunate, and I do believe that all three of those shows are produced by Lionsgate, which means that this is where you would expect them all to be, and hopefully, at the bare minimum, they're going to license them out to somebody else and not just bury them in the vaults for no one to ever see.
0: And Roku's reporting a strong 2022 with more than 70 million accounts, up from 60 million at the end of last year.
1: I think putting out that Weird Al movie at the end of the year really helped them. They were talking about how strong their streaming hours were. A lot of people who use Roku didn't even realize that they have the streaming service Roku channel until they started promoting the uh, Weird Al movie as heavily as they did. They're saying that the streaming hours were up 19% for the year. One thing that came out just this week is that Roku is going to start manufacturing their own televisions. Now we're all familiar with the Roku TV, which is TVs that were manufactured by Third parties, TCL, Philips, I believe, and a few other companies. Now Roku is actually going to manufacture their own, in the same way that they manufacture their own set-top boxes. And I wonder if maybe that's because they're concerned about the increased competition these days. When you go to a store and you're looking at what are mostly entry-level televisions like TCL and Hisense, you can get them as a Roku TV, but you could also get them as a Google TV. It used to be that Roku basically had the uh, uh, entry level market to themselves. And it makes sense, I think, if they want to be able to continue to be seen as the platform for the entry level high definition televisions, that they have to start manufacturing their own TVs, or they might start getting muscled out by uh, Google in uh, the near future.
3: Just to a larger point, we've got CES this week, and we're still waiting on some things from CES. We're recording this on a Thursday night a little early to have the full thing. But yeah, we're starting to see the next trend, and it is a trend that kind of leaves Roku behind if they don't adapt like this. So it's one of those things where we're seeing the numbers from last year, but Roku is having to think three or four years from now, which is exactly what... Cable television providers did not, and that's why they got left behind. So Roku is just trying to avoid that fake. I don't know how successful this will be. Just, Raul, I know that you have Roku televisions. I have Rokus everywhere. Would you buy a television from an electronics dealer if it was, you know, like Roku instead of TCL?
1: At this point, I've left Roku behind. My last generation of televisions, as weird as that sounds, yes, I've had multiple generations of televisions. My last generation of televisions were Rokus. I became a little frustrated with the interface. And uh, now I've migrated over to Google TV. I do like the more holistic Google interface. It connects with everything else I have, which is, I I suspect also uh, why Roku is afraid not only of Google, but also of Amazon, because there's also the Amazon Fire TVs out there. There is a very strong case for why someone would want to go with just an all Google house or an all Amazon house. You can talk to your Alexa and tell it to pull up a show on any streaming service and your Amazon Fire TV will do that. And this is where uh, this goes back to one of my predictions at the end of last year, where I said that Roku is probably going to get bought or in some way absorbed by another company. Roku needs to be part of a larger ecosystem for it to be able to continue to survive. I think getting into the TV business is a smart move because they now have a more fleshed out portfolio when someone goes shopping to build out their large corporation.
2: Yeah, I can totally see that. That's a good point.
0: All right. Before we talk about the ratings this week, how about we cover the box office, Tim?
2: Sure. Because this, this is weird because we have a lot of good news at box office. Well, yeah. All right. Obviously, we were talking about how what a juggernaut avatar, The Way of Water, was was becoming, and after a New Year's weekend, which basically duplicated the Christmas weekend, it stood at over 400, 425 million uh, Basically, on January first, we were both saying four hundred is probably a good a good position for it, and four twenty five, fantastic. It, it really did some blockbuster numbers. That whole. Week between Christmas and New Year's, which is what we've been saying for years and years and years. This is where movies make their money.
3: Yeah, but we have to be honest about the fact, neither one of us was quite sure it would work the same for 2022's holiday yeah. season because, you know, we're just, we're in a new uncharted territory here and we don't want to, you know, just assume it'll be the same as always. But it really has been, hasn't it, Tim?
2: Yeah. Again, largely by default because there are basically effectively two options in theaters, the other one being the Puss in Boots sequel, which I, keep forgetting exists but that that's up that was actually at 61 million after last weekend so it didn't didn't do poorly but as opposed to a huge glut of holiday releases and whatnot your choice if you were gonna go see a movie during this week was probably the Avatar sequel
3: yeah and we were actually talking about this yesterday you can watch Puss in Boots now on Vudu and Amazon Yep. the people releasing that film don't even understand how holiday box office works. That's, (laughs) that's not a joke that's like an honest evaluation so they just want with the conventional, eh, after 17 days, put it on video instead of you know milking this for all it's worth. Avatar is going exactly the other way. I mean, this is. I am deeply impressed. Do you feel the same way?
2: Yeah, I mean, you, we knew it wasn't going to match what the original did, but we knew it was still going to be strong. We knew it was going to generate a lot of money in a very short period of time once the release happened and people were kind of like, well, and then there was the week before Christmas, people were just like, well, I, I don't really know. And then I'm just, just wait for it. Just wait for it. Wait for this week between Christmas and New Year's. That's when it's going to really matter. And it, it really did. And and now it's, it's going to be at 500 million after this weekend.
3: We're probably looking at 515 million through Sunday, and that puts it on a viable pace for 600 million. I don't know if I'll get there or not, but that's because I'm you know, I've been hedging my bets all along, I've been waiting to see, you know, yeah.
2: I'm I'm expecting it to start run out of steam after after this weekend, and more on that in a moment.
3: Yeah, but 600 million and the possibility of 2 billion worldwide. I mean, when James Cameron said it pretty much needs to be one of the five biggest films ever to turn a profit, everyone was like, Oh, it's doomed, it
2: really (laughs) might be. The top well, I, I guess it's, it's time to listen to James Cameron when he makes a promise. <laughs> also I, important to keep in mind that next weekend
0: is actually a holiday weekend. So yeah. it may have yet another weekend of people
3: having holding, time holding to see on, it. Yeah. You know what, Kim, you were absolutely right. I had forgotten that. So yeah, I'm I now willing to say I think six hundred million is likely.
2: Yeah, and but turns out though, if you were expecting Avatar to be the top movie through most of the month of January, uh, you were wrong. Cause our first new release of twenty twenty three, Megan or M3 GAN, the movie we've been hearing about for months and months and months through marketing. This is a huge winner. Cause okay, it doesn't sound like a lot, but eleven point seven million on Friday. Um, that's more than its budget. And it's gonna come in with the weekend probably around twenty six, twenty-seven million, which is just absolutely outstanding. Reviews are fantastic. And everyone who's seen it, almost everyone who's seen it, thinks it's thinks it's great. And this is gonna be a huge, basically a really good franchise for Universal going forward.
3: Yeah, we, we should clarify Disney is gonna win the weekend with Way of Water, which is gonna be, I think, nine straight weekends for Disney mm-hmm. while exhibitors continue to grump about how Disney hasn't taken care of them, which is maddening. But what Megan is doing, I mean <sighs> We have given so many filmmakers advice over the years, and we are always telling them, if you can only make one project and you need to prove that you can be profitable, make a horror movie. And this is possibly one of the greatest examples of this ever, isn't it, Tim?
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is Blumhouse. So, you know, this was basically made for money. They just found in like some couch cushions. I I joke, but you know, about it was about 12, 12 million, but they're, they're always inexpensive to make. And if you find the right concept or you just have that right trailer. And I think this one absolutely did. Yeah. It's, it's a license to print money.
3: So if we look at it analytically, if we ignore the big budget stuff, Way of Water and Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the two biggest hits in the last four or five months are pretty much this and Smile, aren't they?
2: Yeah, both of which horror movies made very cheaply.
3: And then just to a larger point, what we're tracking right now, but what seems likely, James Cameron is about to have three of the five biggest theatrical releases ever. It's basically going to be him, a Star Wars movie, and an Avengers movie. And that also means that depending on how you grade Spider-Man No Way Home, Disney either has the top six worldwide box office grosses ever or the top seven. I mean, it's just all Disney at this point.
2: And there's more Avatar to come. So... Uh... Just, just wait for it. Evil fire Navi. (laughs) (laughs) How's that for an elevator
0: pitch? Okay. Well, how about we go ahead and move into a couple of
2: weeks of ratings? Sure. So for Monday, November 28th to Sunday, December 4th, we're just going to hit the big shows and the new shows. There's not a whole lot to go through here. And then we'll we'll take a look at the following week. Uh, the top show was, of course, Wednesday, pulling in 5.3 billion minutes viewed in the first full week of its release on Netflix. Um, not surprising it's down from the almost 6 billion the, the week prior, as clearly that had the benefit of the Thanksgiving week. And that's when people spent their time binging it. But this is still absolutely massive.
0: Yeah, it's clearly the avatar of the streaming world. <laughs>
2: Yes, those those projects, two projects have a lot in common, Avatar and Wednesday, yes. The top news show of the week was Firefly Lane in second with 967 million minutes viewed as the first nine episodes of the second and final season arrived on December 2nd to give it 19 episodes total. The final seven will arrive in June because that's the Netflix model now is to split up the seasons, hold those the second batch for, you know, a few months now just to get those bumps twice and maybe twice the subscriptions. We don't really want to comment on this show much, do we? Because, I mean, we like Sarah Chalk, but, you know, Katherine Heigl. Yeah,
0: okay. yeah we do. Yeah, Catherine yeah. okay. Heigl is just not our one of our faves
2: yeah okay uh unfortunately i have to mention crime scene the texas killing fields 737 mm-hmm. million minutes viewed in for its three episodes in fifth because you people are sick God, people. Yeah. Do Fine. better. Okay. Yep. Uh the top non-netflix show for this week was an eighth, the peripheral, 394 million minutes viewed for this Amazon Prime video series. Um, the bad news here is this didn't arrive on the service for this ratings week. It actually premiered in October and released episodes weekly, with the eighth and final episode arriving on December 2nd. So this was the binge bump, as I'm calling it. Um <laughs> I guess. I guess it's a win that it's here, but it hasn't been renewed yet, hasn't been canceled. So I, I feel like Amazon may just wait and see if, the, if there's going to be a further season of this.
3: Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Kim and I have expressed the fact we adore this show. Absolutely yeah, it's great. adore it. But the fact that it has not been renewed yet and the fact that we haven't seen it until now is really bad news.
2: Uh, the last show worth mentioning on the originals chart for this week is in ninth, The Unbroken Voice from Netflix. Knowing nothing else about it, uh, but If I said it had 379 minutes, million minutes viewed for 61 episodes, what would you think it was? That's right. It's a Colombian telenovela from earlier in 2022.
3: I would have guessed Christian religious series. I really would have. Like a gospel
2: show? Yeah, maybe from the title, but that, that number of episodes for a show that we'd, we'd not seen before. And then I, I checked and, oh, okay, it was one of those. So not not the first time we've seen a show like this pop up on, on the ratings, uh, which does show that they have a pretty impressive uh, Spanish language viewership. I think. Yeah, probably won't, won't. We won't see it again. But yeah, just interesting that it managed to, to crash the the chart for this week. During this week is when the whole thing showed up It aired basically daily uh, on Colombian television in like January and February of 2022 and then they just randomly appear on netflix and people watch them Uh movies is actually a pretty interesting list this week at least at the top because the top movie is troll i uh, not trolling you 880 million minutes viewed for the netflix film that premiered on december 1st
0: yep perfectly in time for the holiday season right
2: uh yes absolutely when you think holidays you think troll 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 yes uh second however goes to bullet train 701 million minutes uh, this was a theatrical release that now showed up on netflix Brad Pitt on a train, right?
0: It's a great movie. Yeah, we've
3: been telling everybody we know to watch it, but I'm still surprised it did like this well right out of the gate.
2: Elsewhere, since we're now past Thanksgiving, the movies list is now populated with Christmas movies, including Home Alones, or or is it Homes Alone 1 and 2, and two movies that are on HBO Max, Elf and How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And we will probably end up discussing those over the next couple of weeks as we work through December's ratings. There is nothing new on Acquired, but the one thing I want to mention for this ratings week is The White Lotus is in seventh, 548 million minutes for 12 episodes. So stick a pin in that for a moment. All right. So for Monday, December 5th, through Sunday, December 11th, 2022. Wednesday is, of course, still on top. 3.3 billion minutes this time for its eight episodes. Is it weird that they just haven't said, absolutely, there's going to be another season? I mean, it's not, we we know it's going to happen. It just seems weird they haven't announced it yet, right?
3: It actually got renewed today. Yep, or yesterday. Oh, wow, okay. I, 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 which,
2: but- I missed the, the, the official announcement, but it just seemed weird that it didn't happen almost like immediately. Right. Uh, as soon as this was pulling in Stranger Things numbers from the moment it was released, they said, Yes, lock this in for absolutely as long as we possibly can. Uh, Firefly Lane is in second. It takes a jump. 1.3 billion minutes for its 19 episodes as now it had the full week of availability for the first half of its second season. And because people love the drama, Harry and Meghan in third. Mm -hmm. 1.2 billion minutes for just three episodes. Holy cow.
3: I mean, it generated pretty much every headline I saw last week, so...
2: Yeah, I mean, people love this this stuff. They they love the, the news about the royal family and especially Harry and Meghan. And it's not my thing, but hey, I sure whatever. I get it. uh Dead to me is four six hundred million minutes for thirty total episodes. The Crown fifty episodes total, five hundred fifty million minutes viewed in fifth. And something else new: Snack versus Chef four hundred sixty million minutes for eight episodes in six. I know we talked about it. I cannot quite remember exactly what the what the concept was though <laughs> you
0: can either you know they have so many different cooking shows that are just utterly
2: disposable fairly it's like top chef or chops but for like snacks yeah i guess I, it
0: seems that, that way so like yeah. the first episode is using flaming hot cheetos <laughs> And then episode, the next episode is Pringles.
2: Flaming Hot Tears, which I which I can't stand. But yeah, I always see them in the store and get mad. <laughs> uh, seventh Manifest, still here, 376 million minutes, 52 total episodes. It's uh, just calling me. Yes, uh-huh. absolutely. And more to come later this year, <laughs> just to spite you. The one non-Netflix show on the originals chart this week, The Santa Claus is up to eighth, five episodes, 331 million minutes. Makes sense as it's new and we're headed towards Christmas. Uh, the now-canceled 1899 is in 9321 million minutes. That's actually a show that's hung around longer on the charts than expected for something to just get canceled after the first season. So it does a little, does surprise me, but I have my reasoning as to why it got canceled. <laughs> and wrapping up originals, crime scene, The Texas Killing Fields, 287 million minutes for its three episodes, whatever go away. If we thought Bullet Train did well last week, <laughs> last it's now the number one movie for this week, taking it up to 1.3 billion minutes. Dang. Cool. I have never been prouder of America.
0: Yeah, it is a fun movie too. I, I know that like if you look at Rotten Tomatoes reviews, it's middling, but it does not get the credit it deserves. Although yeah. I will say it did decently well in theaters. So Yeah,
2: and I I, f- I remember right, I when I was at my parents for the holidays, they said they watched it and my mom thought it was thought it was great and my dad said yeah, it was okay. <laughs> Which is one of his higher recommendations. So
0: Okay, nice.
2: Yeah. So Troll is in second five hundred and seventeen million minutes. So basically review of fortunes for for this week uh something new in third emily the criminal 440 million minutes nice aubrey plaza that's that's why i'm seeing her her a bunch again okay i mean
0: yeah and i think she's getting some awards attention here too so it is a very well regarded film oh cool
2: okay and fourth let's get confusing because this is (laughs) pinocchio 387 million minutes We already had a movie called Pinocchio this year, but that was on Disney Plus, and that one's not very good. This one's it on is Netflix. the good one. And is the good one, yes. Yes. Because this is the one made by Guillermo del Toro, Guillermo del Toro. yes. Yes,
0: and yeah, it's supposed to be very good. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but great reviews, lots of awards conversation here as well.
2: And fifth, we have Home Alone, the first one, 382 million minutes on Disney Plus. And sixth, uh, Storks. 372 million minutes <laughs> sure yeah.
0: why not the 2016
2: animated movie sure uh i i didn't have time to check but i, I can imagine this showed up again on netflix uh at the start of december and that's, and that's why it's here so it gets treated as brand new content
0: Right, sure.
2: Uh, speaking of brand new content, Prisoners from 2013. Oh, wow. 7 326 million minutes. I have. You know,
0: I remember seeing that one in trending and thinking, well, that's
2: weird. I have no recollection of this movie, even though I was writing about movies at this time. Let's see. Uh, Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, La- uh-huh. Viola Davis. Okay. Uh-huh. It is
3: terrible. It is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but I guess, uh, you know, because it has such Yuletide spirit.
2: Yes. Oh God! No, Obvious, it doesn't. obviously, right? Yeah.
3: So, in other words, out of all of the Hallmark movies people could have watched at this point, they watched Storks and Prisoners instead.
2: Yes. Oh, right. meanwhile, you had all these movies about finding the true meaning of Christmas, and you chose to watch these instead. <laughs> we we have the HBO Max Christmas content in eighth and ninth. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, three hundred twenty-four million minutes. Elf in ninth, two hundred eighty-four million minutes. At this point, whenever I see a show on these ratings and it's on HBO Max, I feel like adding. You can watch this on HBO Max for now but the rate content keeps disappearing from that service just at, at, yes. at completely random completely random times
3: yeah just you're saying that makes me start singing
0: Flintstones meet the Flintstones
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yes these movies are on HBO max for now
0: yeah you can watch them you could watch them for Christmas for 2022 but who knows next for year who, kno-
2: who knows yes <laughs> And we do wrap up movies with a Christmas movie, but something new, Uh, Scrooge, A Christmas Carol. This is from Netflix. This is a animated uh, adaptation that arrived on December 2nd.
0: Yeah, I remember talking about it. Mm
2: -hmm. And Acquired is the usual 10 shows we've seen before. But again, I wanted to point out that the White Lotus is now up to third with 752 million minutes for 13 episodes. So this one absolutely Ooh. grew, yeah, as its season went, went along. We saw it pop up in the last in the last couple of weeks, and then and this was this is was its finale. So it it got the the bump in that aspect, but that's really good. HBO Max is doing pretty well with the TV shows between this and House of the Dragon.
0: Yeah, I also can't help but notice that Coco Melon's creeping up toward a billion minutes there.
2: Yeah, it led last week as well, but yeah, 945 million minutes this week to lead the acquired list. God help us all.
3: (laughs) I mean, kids weren't in school. What do you think parents are going to do?
2: Spend time with their children? (laughs) So yeah, that was that, that was two weeks of ratings. That's that's why there wasn't a whole lot there. But I I'm still impressed by Wednesday. I'm surprised by Harry and Meghan. Bullet Train is actually really impressive, and and we saw the White Lotus jump. And it'll be interesting to see what the weeks bring as we get closer to the holidays and get those ratings in because we do have a couple of heavy hitters that hit or tore later in the month too.
0: In our green lights and cancellations this week. Netflix's moody and atmospheric 1899 about a passenger ship stranded at sea will leave some mysteries unresolved as the series from the German creators of Dark has been canceled after only one season.
3: Yeah, I think everyone was caught off guard by this because it sure seemed like the people behind Dark had complete confidence that they would get to tell another full story. And frankly, they sounded angry and a bit offended that 1899 got canceled. We have seen it on the Nelson charts, so it's not like it bombed by any stretch. So this is a bit surprising. It does reflect the fact that Netflix is more budget conscience than they were just a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it got canceled as quickly as it did. I wondered Maybe if it was a very expensive show to produce, it sure looked expensive. It had a huge cast. The creators, I don't know if they were angry about it. They did sound very disappointed. And I think anyone who did watch it, as David said, it was on the Nielsen charts. Anyone who did watch it is going to be very disappointed as well, because it was the story now was going to be left unfinished. And I I hate when that happens. So it's very unfortunate.
2: And yeah, I I stand by that 1899 was canceled because people who watched it were very confused that it was not a Yellowstone prequel. (laughs) Yeah. In better news, Benedict Cumberbatch is in final talks to star in the
0: six-part Netflix series, Eric, about a 1980s puppeteer in New York City whose life begins to unravel after his son goes missing.
3: Puppeteer? Did they just pull a professional (laughs) out of a (laughs) hat? I'm really looking forward to how his career skills play into the discovery of his son. Like, oh, if only I had a puppet right now, I could
0: convince the kidnappers to release my son. The man who's made a career of appearing in franchises like Superman, Mission Impossible, The Witcher, Enola Holmes, and the man from UNCLE, Henry Cavill, has landed himself another franchise as he's set to star and executive produce a Warhammer 40K movie and TV series for Amazon.
1: It's becoming increasingly difficult to find a franchise that hasn't already been uh, turned into a streaming show or a movie. But I mean, he seems to love this nerdy stuff. So I hope this uh, this one really works out for him.
0: Also for Prime Video, Jillian Bell, who starred in the cringe comedy The Drop, which we discussed last week, will be starring in the holiday comedy Candy Cane Lane with Eddie Murphy and Tracy Ellis Ross. That is amazing casting. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness!
3: Jillian Bell stole her scenes in Twenty Two Jump Street. Just stole them, and then Tracy Ellis Ross, who you know everyone loves from Blackish, was absolutely spectacular in a movie that nobody watched during the pandemic called The High Note. That was legitimately one of the best movies I saw over the last couple of years. So stellar cast.
0: And finally, Paramount Plus wants to be known as the Star Trek Network with Taylor Sheridan as the Yellowstone creator is now working on Lioness, a CIA drama starring Nicole Kidman.
3: I just presume he has a direct line to the CEO (laughs) and no one there can literally say no to him at this point.
1: (laughs) Nor, Nor should they right? Well, he's got a series coming up with Nicole Kidman. He's got a series right now with Sylvester Stallone and another one with Jeremy Renner. And let's not forget Harrison Ford. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner holy smokes, this guy can make any show he wants and bring in any A-list actor he likes.
3: I do wonder about the point of diminishing returns here because there are people who worked on the set of 1923 who were pretty honest about the fact that it got hairy about whether or not they were going to make deadlines. He is running a manufacturing facility right now, a television drama manufacturing facility, and if he ever misses a week, it's going to be bad because Paramount has put all its chips in Taylor Sheridan's corner, and I don't know what happens if he starts struggling but right now he really should be the highest paid person in hollywood
0: all right as always we close out with what's been keeping us busy this past week and i have been very busy with work but david and i did watch well more Letterkenny. (laughs) We have watched the first episode the last time we were here and now we've watched almost all of season one. We have one more episode to go. I find it very funny and I sometimes don't know why I find it so funny, but I do. And I guess that's just part of it but yeah it sure is a show
1: do you guys use the subtitles
0: yes of course i,
1: I think you just kind of have to yes even as a native canadian yeah there's stuff there that i think i would miss if i didn't have those subtitles on we
3: use subtitles for everything regardless i'm pretty sure i don't understand 30 of the jokes as is so. <laughs>
1: yeah. but it's probably something very dirty so we laugh yes pro <laughs> what's been keeping you busy Well, we are 28 seconds into the gold medal round of the World Junior Hockey Championships, which are happening in Halifax, Canada right now. And so I'm only giving you guys about 20% of my attention. (laughs) <laughs> I have, uh, I've been at my parents' house all week and I have been watching hockey pretty much around the clock. As it turns out, when you turn on the uh, TV in Canada, the first thing that comes on is hockey. And if you change the channel, the uh, next thing you find is hockey. Uh, <laughs> There's, there's a lot of hockey on TV around here and that's, uh, that's the way I like it. The World Junior Hockey Championships uh, have b- been on all week and it's been fantastic. The uh, bronze medal game between the United States and Sweden just wrapped up with a riveting overtime finish. And now Czechia, which I'm still having trouble not calling the Czech Republic, and uh, Canada are playing for the gold medal. So this is going to be really exciting. And you'll forgive me all if i miss my cues
0: <laughs> okay tim what's been keeping you busy
2: I spent the new year just poking around uh random things on on steam i fired up a game from four years ago called frostpunk it is a like city builder that has a just very dark theme because it's a world where it just gets unforgivingly cold and the game is actually very unforgivingly difficult and makes you kind of makes you feel bad that you have to like subject the community to things such as, you know, child labor and and just repeatedly being told that like, you know, somebody, you know, froze to death and whatnot. It's you can play it on the easier difficulty, but what what's the point? It is a really interesting game though, like the the world that that they built. And maybe I'll go back to it again. They did promise a sequel later this year. I found a somewhat lighter game that's a work in progress called Against the Storm. It's almost like if they combined a city builder with a roguelike in terms of the available buildings you have on each map are not all the same every time. Like on, on some maps, you may have access to build one type of uh, farm, one type of resource and on, on another that's completely unavailable, even though you, you may have the ability to make it, you have to kind of hopefully get get lucky and have things come together. And then there is a aspect of for each map, after you succeed or fail, you gain some, some Points which you can allocate to make things a little easier, and and they're actually actively developing it right now. It's one of those early access games that, that's in beta, and I'm looking forward to see where that's going. And Vampire Survivor is probably the one of the games I put the most time into last year. That costs like three bucks. Put out an expansion that costs like two bucks, and just added a whole new content again, just for an insanely addictive game where all you do is just move a guy and collect power ups and watch monsters blow up as the map just fills up with more and more more of them. Uh, one of the best purchases in terms of bang for the buck you can ever make on steam so if you have not played that game yet please do it that one's well worth your time
3: the first game sounds like someone played Oregon Trail and decided it wasn't hard enough.
2: It is very cool. it's a few years old and actually pretty well acclaimed, but it it was way too hard. And I, I gave it another shot over the New Year weekend and was like, wow, I forgot like how just uh, punishing it, it is, unless everything just just breaks right and you get a little lucky. You have to keep constantly planning ahead and, and moving to to make sure you stay ahead of what the game is throwing at you in terms of like the environment.
3: And David. So I went off the board here. I watched something without Kim, and that is Jurassic World Dominion, the (laughs) 2022 version of Jurassic World. And I had to do that because Kim exited the theater after the last one and said, I'm never watching another Jurassic World movie again. (laughs) And our central beef about it, if you could recall, is they did this auction, and it was one of the stupidest scenes in cinematic history. There were people buying dinosaurs, actual dinosaurs, for $23 million. Folks, you can barely get an NBA small Ford to play for you for a season for $23 million. (laughs) Dinosaurs should be worth billions of dollars. And in their (laughs) infinite wisdom, Jurassic World Dominion, I swear to God, triples down on that economy. And I'm just watching it slack jawed the whole time, just in shock. And horror that somebody thought, oh, we've got a great idea. Let's really explore that. F minus, and screw everyone involved with these
1: films. <laughs> Yeah, I am a kindred spirit to Kim here because while I have never walked out of a movie and I do enjoy my popcorn flicks, the first Jurassic World movie is the only movie I ever even considered walking out of. (laughs) That movie was dumb and apparently they've only gotten dumber since.
0: Yeah, they're so, so stupid. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Streaming Into the Void. Please consider subscribing via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we welcome your feedback. Remember that we're on social media at Streaming Void and online at StreamingIntoTheVoid.com. If you like what you're hearing, please consider rating us and giving us a review in your favorite podcast player. Be sure to watch for us again next week.